A reading from John's Gospel, chapter 10. The Good Shepherd and His Sheep. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him, because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him, because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Before I start, please, would you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the thoughts of my heart be pleasing to you, O God. May they draw us all closer to you as we consider who Jesus is and who we are in him. In your precious name, Lord Jesus, amen. When I lived in Lesotho in southern Africa, I often saw what were called herd boys with the cattle and the goats and the sheep. And the role of these young people was to look after the livestock and herd them. And they would be children as young as four or five. And the way that they would do this was by hitting the animals from behind with sticks and shouting or even throwing stones at them to make them move. Now, it's not the way I would do it. And believe me, I know about stubborn animals. I have four dushans. But I'm not going to judge them because this is the way that they were taught to herd sheep and the way it's been done for centuries. And in Europe, we have a similar way of herding sheep. For centuries, we have driven them using dogs that menace them or nip at their heels. And nowadays, we use four-wheeler motorbikes, ATVs to herd them, driving towards them and steering them towards the sheep pen or onto new grazing. And it's not about being mean. It's about looking after them. In the Middle East, in Jesus' time, and still today, they have a different way of doing it. It's not uncommon that the sheep are given names. And, the, and they're identified by their markings. Actually, let's go back here because you can see these sheep have got lots of different markings. They're not just pure white sheep. 
And those markings give rise to names. And instead of driving them, they lead them towards new grazing or the sheep pen. And for the different cultures, the result is the same. The sheep are cared for. But for the Middle Eastern shepherd, the relationship is one that resembles a greater intimacy about personal relationship and love. Personal relationship and love. And this is why the picture of God as shepherd is such a beautiful one. And it's one that we're going to be exploring over the next two weeks. Today, with Jesus's I am the gate statement. And next week, with Jesus's I am the good shepherd statement. And because next week with Katie, we're going to go deeper into the Good Shepherd statement, I'm only going to touch on the shepherd aspect briefly, but we do need to do it in order to understand what Jesus was saying when he said, I am the gate. And so this morning, we are going to think about different farming methods and thieves and shepherds and sheep and gates and full life. And in doing so, we can learn a little bit more about what Jesus said when he, went, when he said, I am the gate. So to do this, we have to break the passage into two parts. The first part is verse 1 to 5. And I know it's quite small, but if you look at the Bibles on the tables, you'll be able to see it. And the second part is verse 7 to nine. It's actually 7b because we have a central pivot of verse six, which is verse six to seven. So it's the very beginning with a dramatic conclusion in verse 10. And we'll get deeper into it as we go along. Anyway, these two parts serve as a parallel to each other with Jesus taking the life-giving role of the gate and the shepherd. Both of these images are contrasted with the destructive ways of thieves strangers and robbers. In both parts of the passage, one thing is clear. The shepherd, the gate, knows his people, his sheep, and he has much to offer them. This contrast is then summarized more clearly in verse 10, where the thieves become a singular thief, who is Satan, and he comes only to steal and destroy, whereas Christ comes to give life in all its abundant fullness. So in essence, part two of our passage is meant to be an explanation for those who didn't understand part one. Hence that central pivot of verse six to seven a, where Jesus used a figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said to them, and that then continues into part two. So this sounds a little academic, but we're going to move away from that. And the thing is, it's odd, actually, that they didn't understand what he was saying because both the images Jesus used would have been familiar to the people who were listening to him. They were living in a society where sheep farming formed a major part of their economy. And the way that sheep herding or sheep penning, actually, because that's important, was done in the Middle East is really key to our understanding of the passage. Because remember how I said the sheep were cared for in the Middle East in their shepherding practices. 
They were named. They were known. They knew the voice of their shepherd. It's all about personal relationship and love. And that care extended to the way they were penned at night. The animals were closely guarded in one of two types of sheepfolds or pens. Now, one kind was a public sheepfold that you'd find in villages and towns and maybe even cities. And the other was a circle of rough stone or branches in the countryside. In the first part of our passage, verses 1 to 5, Jesus is speaking about the public sheepfold. These were found in the cities and villages. They were large communal enclosures that would hold several flocks of sheep of different owners. This sheep pen was under the guard of a night watchman or a doorkeeper or gatekeeper. And in the morning, the gatekeeper would only allow the legitimate shepherds in. And then those shepherds would go and call their sheep and each of those sheep would know their shepherd's voice and would lead them out. It's a bit like you call your dog. They literally know your voice. I had a rabbit that knew my voice. So we, we often think sheep are stupid, but actually they knew their shepherd's voice. The implication here is that Jesus is the shepherd and he knows those who follow him by name and that they recognize his call, his voice. And this is the picture of God as shepherd tender and protective. And it also appears in the Old Testament, for example, in Ezekiel 34, where it says, for this is what the sovereign Lord says, I myself will search for my sheep and look after them as a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. So in the first part of our Bible reading today, using the public sheepfold image, Jesus is identifying himself with God as shepherd who will guard and care for his sheep. And this is the picture the Bible tells us that the people who heard him didn't understand. And because they don't understand, Jesus reiterates what he has already told them, changing the metaphor from him being a shepherd to him being the gate. Not a gate, the gate. There's only one gate in the sheepfold. So we need to understand what that means in its cultural context. In the second part of the passage, verses 7 to 10, when Jesus says, I am the gate, the imagery returns towards the second kind of sheep pen used in the Middle East. And I did actually look this up. There's a website called Got Questions, and it says this, the second kind of sheep pen was in the countryside where the shepherds would keep their flocks in good weather. This type of sheep pen was nothing more than a rough circle of rocks piled into a wall or a circle of branches with a small open space to enter. Through it, the shepherd would take his sheep, sorry, he would take his sheep at nightfall. And since there was no gate, just an opening, so there's no gate to close, he can't keep them in and he can't keep wild animals out. What he did was the shepherd would lie across the entrance to the sheep pen, literally becoming the door for the sheep. And the theologian Alistair McCraw calls this a really powerful image 
that there is only one way in which the sheep can find safety, and that is through him. And of course, by the sheep, he means us people. Only through Jesus Christ can anyone come in from the dangers of a fallen world and find safety and rest inside. Anyone who enters through Jesus will find salvation, pasture, and life. There's no other way to be saved. Later on, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Here he's saying the same thing. He is the only way, the gate, the door, the entrance to eternal life with God. The role the shepherd plays by lying across the opening to the sheepfold is one of protection and deliverance. He protects and delivers his sheep from the threat of death and from the dangers of predators. He is literally a gate. As theologian Tom Wright says, in this very parable, this down-to-earth picture of the shepherd and the sheep, the sheep are facing danger. And the shepherd will go to meet it. And if necessary, he will take it upon himself, the fate that would otherwise befall the sheep. In Jesus' case, it was necessary and he did. Just like the shepherd lies down across the threshold of the gate, so did Jesus lay down. He lay down his life for everyone's protection and deliverance, for the salvation of all from sin, and to bring us to eternal life with Christ in God through his death on the cross, his resurrection and ascension. He truly is the gate. In calling himself this, he is vividly contrasting himself with all the religious leaders of his time, whom he described as thieves and robbers. They cause distress and destruction. And Jesus has already had several run-ins with the Pharisees and the temple authorities and the teachers of the law by this point in the gospel. Elsewhere, he calls them hypocrites and blind guides. Jesus, on the other hand, offers something different, something much better, something lasting. For in Jesus, we find that going through the gate brings us into a safe space of love, of life and hope. As he said, I am the gate. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So the question is, have you come through the gate but stopped paying attention to the shepherd? If you have, then the invitation is to turn back and hear him call you by name. Or are you waiting by the gate, hearing him call your name but struggling to make a decision to come through, the invitation today is to make that 
choice. Come through the gate. Or perhaps so far, you don't think you've ever heard God call you by name. You've never heard him say, come to me. You've never even considered coming through the gate of faith. Church is a habit, or perhaps it's your first time. Today is the day to say yes, because Jesus is calling you by name. And very truly, he's saying to all of us, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. Amen.